Welcome to episode number 105 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing, recorded live November 23rd, 2012. On today's show, jeans that check in for you, Esquire leaps off the printed page, and we go back in time to shed some light on Foursquare's funding plight. Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 105, recorded live between Asif Khan and myself, and it is Black Friday, Friday, November 23rd. My name, Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, about as far away as you can get from Black Friday, yet there are Black Friday deals everywhere. Asif, welcome back. Welcome back, buddy. In Toronto. Thank you, sir. It's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh, yes, there are plenty of Black Friday deals around here as well. I'm actually in Toronto nice. uh, at home uh, for a change, celebrating the U.S. Thanksgiving from this side of the border. Amazing. Um, don't think I'll be eating any more turkey because I had enough on our on our Thanksgiving, but. Uh, Anyhow, so uh, no no stampedes are. in Toronto uh, racing at the Eaton Center. No long lineups. No no guy sitting outside for four days to get the uh, the door crasher at Best Buy while he lost his job. Like you know what? I, I I just hear these stories and I just wonder. There are stampedes in Toronto, but of a different oh, kind yes. because this Sunday is the Grey Cup, so we have the Calgary Stampeders in town, um, and there's certainly stampede going on. In, in the city. In fact, they brought their uh, their mascot, their, this horse, uh, to town, uh, and uh, they're staying at the Royal York Hotel, which is a famous historical hotel. And the uh, big story in Toronto the, uh, yesterday was uh, they actually brought the horse into the hotel and had it, uh, you know, uh, parade down the uh, the main corridor. Apparently, of the apparently this is a tra- uh, this is a uh, tradition. And for those of you who don't yes. know what we're talking about, the Grey Cup is Canada's, the Canadian Football League. It is the championship game for the Canadian Football League. Uh, we have an eight-team league up here in Canada, and uh, it is uh, obviously a uh, big thing uh, in, in Canada. It's so big, in fact, Justin Bieber himself is doing the halftime show. J.B., who is a Canadian, of course, and in fact, he is—he uh, is uh, playing Ottawa this very night. Neil Young tomorrow night. What a city! Come on, that's what I love about this city. We get—we get the big acts, <laughs> Canadians all the time. But anyhow, yeah. So, so that's the big—the big thing going on up here uh, this weekend is—is—is is, is is the, the Grey Cup. Cup so, and it's—it's it's the 100th Grey Cup. At that's that, pretty so. crazy. And you know what? It's probably—it's the 100th. I, I don't know if it's consecutive, but it is a sport that has never been damaged by strike. They've never lost a season. They've never lost a uh, championship game. Unlike the spoiled American and hockey season, baseball and hockey seasons, right? Right, we're doing this on Black Friday, so we don't have a lot of the data uh, that have anything to do with Black Friday at this point. So uh, we're hoping that uh, by next week, by episode number 106, we're actually going to have enough data to kind of get a glimpse of what happened as a result of this. But I do know that in talking with Alexis Rask of uh, Shopkick, uh, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the interview was up on Untether.tv, she said very clearly that that uh, they are very active in this space. So maybe I'll reach out to her and, and get her to get a, give us a statement on what happened uh, for her on Black Friday because they they do exceptional business on Black Friday. But I think everybody does. You know, it's, uh, you know retail's yeah. up 2 to 3% is what I read so far. 2 to 3% uh, this year over last year. So maybe there is a propensity to spend. I just think that they're so 
everything has become so cheap in the last year because of mobile, because of location, that uh, that there aren't many great deals on Black Friday simply because there's not a variance. Like uh, you know, it's 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 a competitive world out there. So we'll we'll bring you some stuff if we can, uh, starting next week. Sounds good. So you uh, you've got uh, before we get into the stories, which is a uh, a jam packed uh, episode of as usual. We're going to talk about genes that uh, tell people where you are and your moods. We're going to talk about uh, this really cool technology from uh, that that Esquire magazine is using that is uh, going to, that brings pages to life quite literally. We're also going to talk about uh, Google and uh, their indoor mapping. We got a great interview. It's one from the archives because we're going to be talking about this company called Foursquare. And we'll talk about a little bit in the funding or their inability to find funding at the valuation that they're having. So I got a chance to sit down in February of this year with, with Holger Ludorf, who is their uh, VP Mobile and International. We talked about where they're going to make some revenue. So I'm going to pull that back out. It's a clip that you've probably never seen before. Um, <laughs> we've got our funding news, got a great resource from Accenture, uh, an interactive study or survey based on uh, how people, uh, I think it's how people are willing to give away uh, data to get some discounts and it's all jam-packed in the show but before we actually get into this uh, you New York City a thief in New York City this week post Thanksgiving for uh, your augmented reality event talk about this man yeah really excited about it. Uh, you know so LVMA uh, New York chapter uh, we're hosting an event on Tuesday the 27th um, at uh, the JWT headquarters uh, on augmented reality keynote from Vivian Rosenthal, the founder of Gold Run, uh, one of the, the leading players in the space, a panel that, uh, in which uh, I'll be involved in, uh, Vivian, uh, Lisa Hugh from uh, Blipper, uh, who runs their, uh, their U.S. operations, um, and uh, maybe, maybe, I, I'm still uh, waiting for final confirmation, maybe a, a mystery uh, a mystery guest as well on that panel, so uh, we'll see. Is it Derek uh, Jeter? But um, yeah, it's it's going to be really good. Uh, looks like a great crowd already uh, signed up. There's still a bit of room, tiny little bit of room left. Uh, so just go to the LBMA website and look for LBMA New York Augmented Reality event, and uh, we hope we can see. Oh, well, that sounds so. so what, when is that? The twenty twenty seventh, Tuesday, right? Yeah, twenty seventh Tuesday, yeah. the twenty seventh. It's uh, it's during the day. It's a it's a lunch uh, event, so noon till about three thirty. Very cool. -ish. So why don't we jump into this, uh, these great stories that we have. Episode number 105 starts with a very unique story. Let me, let me get this straight. So it's not, it's not enough that I uh, have a device in my hand that allows me to check in. I have to actually hit a button to check in or, or tag a location you know, through a photo. Uh, I can you know, tell people, I can tweet people my mood. But now there's a pair of jeans in Europe that will do this. What? They'll do this for me? Is this, do we need this? Do we? <laughs> I don't know if we need it, and I certainly uh, don't need it, and uh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going out and getting a pair <laughs> of these, but, you know, may, maybe there's a certain demographic out there, you know, teens and so and so on, that uh, are, are that social savvy that they, they've got to have these kinds of things, but uh, this is coming from uh, uh, Replay, which is an Italian uh, denim uh, brand, and uh, so these, this is called Social Denim. Uh, so jeans comes in uh, men's and ladies multiple cuts apparently um, and uh, available uh, starting uh, in December so it's actually not available yet you can go to the replay online store to check these out but effectively what this is the jeans with a special uh, vinyl pocket that with a built-in Bluetooth device you drop your phone your smartphone into this pocket and uh, it basically syncs up with this 
and, and then uh, you can uh, just by by hitting uh, a button, you can you can share your mood, uh, you can share your location. Uh, there's eight different moods going on here. You can say you know how you're feeling, good, bad, and indifferent. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I, I, again, I, it's not for me, but uh, I can I can see some kids playing with this. Oh, man, it's like um. Yeah, so can I, and it's and it's a gadget enough to you know to be able to maybe attract a few people to use this tool. But I don't I don't even know what to say. The prices though, 129 to 199 euros, right? Like people yeah. pay that much for jeans? Yeah, not, no. not cheap, not cheap. And wow. Um, and I was reading one review on this thing, and and somebody some some smart uh, person out there reached back into uh, into musical history to to tie this in. And uh, pulled out an old song from a, a band called Doctor Hook. If you of course, Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So Doctor Hook, in, in one of his songs uh, back in the '80s, uh, there's a lyric that says something about, uh, you know, uh, something like "Baby, you know, can't wait till your jeans can talk" or something like that, and uh, or, or your jeans are talking or something like that. So now the jeans are talking. So. Uh, there you go. Totally, totally <laughs> out of context, but I appreciate that. That, that is exactly the, the, you know, yeah. Is is that a Bluetooth receiver in your pocket? Are you just happy to see me? That's all these anyways. Yeah, terrible exactly. jokes. Exactly. Right, well, replay so, yeah, jeans. Oh, there you go. Replay social denim. Uh, you can go to the replay online store to check that that out. And uh, yeah, if, if if anybody out there is listening, uh, you know, and, and buys one of these for Christmas or in December once they're out there, let us know what you think about it. I'd love I'd love to get some feedback on this. I like the idea simply because uh, I, I'm going to buy all my kids when they're old enough to go out. Uh, you know, when they when they hit that uh, that influential age when they're going to go out drinking, right? I'm just going to put one of those in there where it's an embedded uh, GPS, right? It, it syncs to their phone. I'll know exactly where they are. This is a perfect perfect yeah. harmless crime to follow your kids. Oh my goodness! And we've even had a Doctor Hook reference, and this episode is only ten minutes old. I love this. Here you go. Dr. Hook hey. is also famous for uh, his uh, song. Um, All I know, Rob, is by the time we're finished this episode, at some point in the background there in Ottawa, you're going to pull up Dr. Hook, and, you're, and we're going to have a little, a little clip. I, I, I know it is right. Happen, in so. fact, it is right now. By the by, the power they they uh, they have uh, recorded that great song uh, "Cover the Rolling Stone" as well as "Freaking at the Freakers Ball." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some great songs. All right. There. So, Doctor Hook. That's our first story. No, I mean, Replay Jeans. That's our first story. Our second story. This yeah. is this is a uh, uh, you know I, not to be um, unexpected. We've always talked about the fact that uh, location has become dial tone for a lot of people and and, and um, a lot of services and uh, everything that you do whether you know it or not every photo you take every tweet you tw you tweet and every uh, I was about to say every tweet you twat every tweet you tweet um, goes out uh, with a geotag on it uh, and whether it's used or not is uh, is ultimately up to you you have to turn that off but Apple has uh, applied for a patent that basically makes everything geotagged right absolutely everything i'm going to read it to you here i'm going to pull it up on the screen and it says 
Uh, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office on Tuesday granted Apple a patent for an advanced journaling system that timestamps and geotags any iOS device event, such as a phone call, an app download, the playing of a song, and much more. This is pretty significant when it comes to, um, you know, basically saying when you launched apps, when you downloaded apps, when you sent an email, when you made a call, when you did anything on the device, anytime you touch that device, it's logging the location, time of day, context around it. Pretty significant patent here. Uh, whether they use it or not, I think is up for question, right? Yeah, I mean, for for me, this is huge, right? I mean, and it, it you know, you, you know, we we say locations like dial tone, and you know, said a different way, uh, you know, and I say it all the time, you know, as well is everything we do when we take a photo, when we update our status on Facebook, when we. You know, uh, you know, whatever we're doing, we send an email. We're doing it from somewhere. There's a location element to that. There's data there, and and now Apple's basically logging all of that, and they're logging it with a purpose with this patent. It, if they actually go and, and and release this as part of the feature set, the main objective that they're going after here is not just to track you for the sake of tracking. It's to actually give you the ability to go back and query uh, all of that stuff and be able to pull stuff up when you need it very quickly. The, you know, applying filters based on location and application and time and all that other stuff. And they actually give an example in, in, in this explanation. They say, look, you know, if you type into your phone, March 23rd, 2010, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. email, it basically goes and, and searches all that stuff, finds all the emails that fit within that, you know, those parameters. And, you know, and if you have a location in there as well, you know, uh, it, it'll filter on that basis. So, so it's about... You know, tagging all the information, pulling it together when you need it, um, you know, based on, on whatever variables uh, you want to search uh, that on. And the data, the way they've architected this, uh, can all be stored in the cloud as well. So it's, it's not basically uh, you know, taking up space on your device. Yeah, and this is a, that's what we said. I mean, this is, it's a logical piece. And, and, um, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of this, how many times have you, have you remembered the context of the search or when you sent it? but you can't remember how to find it, right? Like, yeah. you know, finding is very difficult, especially on these devices. I, I got to say, like, when I was a BlackBerry user, finding email was much easier than it is on this device uh, for, for, for connecting to the server when you archive stuff. Um, but I do remember locations. It's like, hey, I sent you that email from here. I sent you the document from yeah. here. I called you here. And to be able to pull up those locations, um, uh, that's that third layer. You know, the, the difference between an airplane, obviously, aside from the fact that it flies versus a car, is that third plane, right? And and I think that that you're flying on it. And I think that that's what this is. Location is the third plane that's missing when it comes to uh, comes to the mobile environment. And and um, I, you know, what I'm kind of frightened, but uh, at the same time, I think that this is only a matter of time. Now they haven't they haven't given a time frame for this who knows when it's going to be implemented you know apple they just patent stuff and they'll decide later but this is this is this is significant when it come when and if it gets implemented that's what i think i don't know what do you think out there you think this is big brother yeah no i think this is this is huge i think this is huge um, you know uh, again it, it's it could potentially be controversial uh, you know apple's crossed that that path mm -hmm. before around location data but lot of power in this um, you know and I and I can see a lot of value in this too if it's if it's messaged the right way to the yeah. user well, so that's it so the, the patent number um, if I'm uh, here I got it right here the patent number is eight million three hundred and sixteen thousand and forty six eight 
316-046. Automatically notes an event's time and location, but goes further in logging basically any set of device data. Very interesting from Apple. Very interesting from Apple. All right, our third story, which is so cool, um, especially because I do a lot of work in the media space, in the newspaper space. Uh, this is Esquire. Uh, putting out an entire uh, issue of, S of, uh, of the magazine uh, where every page is taggable, every page is interactive, every page is done without embedded uh, codes or QR codes or uh, watermarks or anything like that. This is pretty fantastic. Take a look at this video and you'll see how it works and then we'll come back on the flip side. Experience magazines in a whole new way with NetPage. It's the free app for paper that makes your magazine completely interactive. So every article, every ad, every page of your magazine, anything you want, can be clipped, shared, saved, and sometimes even bought. Right from the page with NetPage. It's easy. Just point and tap to clip it. Even multi-page articles in crisp, high-res format to save it and read it later. You can also email it. Facebook it. or watch it through a video that plays from the page. And sometimes even buy it without leaving the couch. Only Esquire has NetPage now. More magazines will have it soon. Download the free NetPage app at the iTunes App Store to start experiencing magazines in a whole new way. Clip it. Save it. Share it. Watch it. Buy it from the page with NetPage. So that's a company called NetPage at netpage.com and they're the ones that are actually powering uh, this uh, this uh, issue of Esquire. I, I, this is pretty cool. Like th This gets me excited. Yeah, what, what I really like about this, Rob, is, is, is that it's the entire magazine, it's the entire page. It's not just you know putting a QR code in a certain page or you know, enabling a certain image within the page or, you know, some some piece or component of the page. It's the entire page. It's, you know, everything is enabled. Everything can be scanned. Everything can, you know, can generate an action, uh, can be, you know, copied, clipped, shared, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, and, that, and that's the really interesting thing about it. And, and I think this is generally a, a trend that we're moving towards, you know, with, with, uh, with printed, you know, across the board. And I'll show you another example here. I'll just I'll just hold this up here. So I was in in London, uh, you know, just the other week uh, on the way back through Singapore, as we talked about on on the previous show, and I had a chance to sit down with uh, Jess Butcher, uh, one of the founders from Blipper, uh, who uh, and I said Blipper is going to be at our event uh, next next Tuesday in New York. Um, but you know, she gave me a copy of of this, and this is Shortlist, which is a men's magazine uh, in the UK. And uh, it's a special edition. The entire magazine is Blipper enabled.
publish a, uh, a case study on showing the number of, uh, of blips in their case uh, coming off of this. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool when you see entire publications being enabled uh, and, and made interactive. Uh, it, it, this is uh, not only made interactive, but made interactive in a natural way. Like some of the things, some of the examples, as you saw in the video uh, from, from NetPage, were that, and if you read the stories about this, um, around what they've been doing it's like subtle animations around bmw lights flickering on and off and the, and the simulation of movement and then some immersive like the very front front page um with the uh the very front page of the of the magazine you can see a little bit of a video a still motion video of of uh of, you know the photo shoot and and i think that that kind of stuff is really 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 the future of, of publishing and i think i said this many times and i've written about it many times is that i believe that these devices are the future, are the, the savior for print, right? Because it enables this kind of stuff. And here we are seeing it with NetPage and, and, uh, and Blipper. And that's very cool. Man, I love this. I love this. If you guys are out there who are in this industry, the print industry, the newspaper industry, the magazine industry, you know, it's not good enough to just put it out on an iPad and have interactive ads. You've got to think about your print and how you broach, how you bridge that print to digital divide. And that is what this does. And, and, Man, I, I get very excited when I see stuff like this. Very excited. Do you think? Yeah, did I, did I show? All right. Well, well, well done, Esquire or uh, NetPage and, and Hearst, I guess, yeah. behind them uh, for you know for uh, you know going going forward with this kind of technology. Very cool. So, you know, big fan. You know, we're both big fans of this. Yeah, go check them out. NetPage.com or you know, pick up Esquire and download the app. It, uh, it's a free app uh, for, for. I guess it's only for the iPhone. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yes, I think um, so. so go and download the app. I'm just trying to see as we go through. Yeah, it's only available for the iPhone, but uh, go download it if you're an iPhone user and let us know if you come across that. I'm going to definitely and and hey, I really want to know. Maybe the question of the week is: Would you buy a magazine? You guys out there who are at the at the leading edge right now, would you buy a magazine just to test this out? Would that influence your decision to go and buy a magazine? Well, I'm going to buy an Esquire, right? I've never bought an Esquire before. Never. My name is not Rob Woodbridge, Esquire. All right, our fourth story. This, this is pretty cool as well. So Black Friday. Uh, now, um, for those of you who don't know about Mall of, uh, Mall of America, they have over 18, was it over 18,000 uh, parking spots? No, 12,550 parking spots. Well, yeah, 12,550. And, uh, and they say that, what, uh, 1,500 people a year lose their cars, <laughs> right? Need some assistance to find their car? That's like me at the airport every time. But that, so uh, what are they doing to combat that on a day where they're going to see two hundred thousand people? That's today descend on Mall of Americas. Well, first of all, Mall of America for anybody who's you know not from the U.S. or or uh, you know and, and listening to this it is the biggest mall in the world. Like I mean, this this thing is just massive. You know, it, you know. 12,550 parking spaces. You can imagine, you know, I don't, I don't know how many stores they have, but it, it, it's incredible how, the size of this thing. I've been there and uh, it, it's out of control. But, um, <laughs> it but it really is. is. Think about it, you, know, you know, 
some people go to theme parks for a holiday. Others go to the Mall of America. But for if you just think, of, I see, uh, just just think about like, uh, are there are there twelve thousand uh, parking spots at Giant Stadium? Are there twelve thousand parking spots at any NFL stadium or at any baseball stadium? Yeah. I, like, this is this is big. I'm, I'm going to pick up a picture of this, and you keep talking. I'm going to show people what this yeah. mall is like. So so, anyways, I mean, uh, so what they're doing is, you know, parking and finding your car is, is a huge problem in a place this this size. And so they, for this year, for Black Friday, uh, and obviously extending on beyond Black Friday, they, they've, uh, they've worked with a, uh, an SMS uh, provider called Kipsu. Um, and, and what they're doing is, is what, when, you, when you park your car, you basically um, you know, look at uh, some information. The, the parking spaces are, um, are, are, I guess, identifiable by color. Uh, that is uh, and name that is tied to uh, one of the 50 states. So you're parking in the, you know, Pennsylvania uh, region, which is this color. Um, and, and so you basically uh, text to a short code, you know, these two factors, and then uh, it sends you reminder uh, SMS alerts, uh, you know, as to where you left your car, um, you know, and you can send them, you know, uh, messages back, and, and they can respond to you in real time. They've got like people actually monitoring this stuff. And interacting with you, so um, you know, you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing, um, you know, potentially, you know, and, and I and, and here's how I relate to it. You know, I don't shop in these kinds of massive environments like this, but uh, you know, my my correlation to this is, is, as I think everybody who listens to this regularly knows, I travel a lot. I'm always going to the airport. I, mo a lot of the times, I'm parking my car there, as you alluded to as well. You know, and what I do is, is you know, it's nowhere near as big as this 12,000 parking spaces. But when I get to the parking garage, you know, I basically get out my phone and I snap a photo of the, uh, you know, the pillar uh, with, with the markings on it uh, so that I can remember. And then, I, you know, get on my flight. When I come back, I look at the thing and go, oh, yeah, I'm in Section 5, you know, C. And, uh, and there you go. That's exactly so, what I do. That's exactly what I do now. Yeah. yeah, that one time that I didn't was the one time that I parked on a mid layer that that I and I couldn't find my car, and that's yeah, okay. yeah. So so you know I, I think services like this are are great, um, you know, and I think a lot of mall uh, mall apps that are coming out there now have parking capabilities in them. So you know, but but when you're talking about the Mall of America and you're talking about this kind of level of stuff, you know, SMS you know makes sense. Oh, with, without a doubt, it makes sense. And uh, the company that's doing this is a company called Kipsu, K-I-P-S-U dot com. This is the company that's been in charge of actually putting this out. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, um, very cool, good use of SMS. Uh, just I love that constant reminder that it sends out. Very, very, very effective use of a pervasive technology. Instead of getting everybody to download an app, hey, all you have to do is receive text messages, have a device that's capable of receiving a text message. Yeah. And what would be even better is, you know, you receive a text message along with an ad from a tenant in the yeah. mall. Could be an interesting way to uh, engage. I don't know. I think that's a premium uh, SMS payment uh, revenue model there for well, Kipsu. They, they also, they don't say how much this is going to cost, right? Uh, because uh, as everybody knows who's ever tried to implement an SMS uh, a program, it, it, you know, it can get very costly, especially when they have, you have 200,000 yeah. people cramming into this place and 12,000 cars uh, that are getting constant reminders. I don't know how, uh, how often they go, but uh, who knows? But this is about customer service, and that's what they say. So they stress customer service first, yeah. and, and Mall of America is a tourist attraction anyway, so uh, you gotta, you got to be that way. So if Disney does it, so should they. Pretty cool. 
But so as I said, if you're interested, in, go to kipsukipsu.com for the company that is actually implementing this for on behalf of Mall of America. Very cool. All right. Our last story is also a, uh, it's a timing thing more so than anything uh, around what Google is doing. Google has been obviously, what have they done? They've mapped the planet. They've mapped streets. They've taken photos of our streets. They've mapped the sea, the ocean bed. They've mapped the moon. They've mapped Mars. Now, what are they doing? They're moving indoors, right? They've mapped everything except for my house. But now they've added, what, 10,000 new locations, indoor mapping? Yeah, indoor mapping, uh, stores, uh, eight countries uh, this covers. Um, the interesting thing about this, it, it's not just the 10,000 uh, locations that they're mapping. is Because uh, they've been in the indoor mapping business now for yeah. a little while, for at least for the last year or so. Um, you know, 10,000 locations is certainly significant. We're talking airports and shopping malls and, you know, casinos and train stations and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's up until now only been available within the, uh, within the Google Android, uh, you know, mobile uh, environment. And so this, along with this announcement comes that they're releasing this, this indoor mapping functionality onto the desktop or the web browser cross-platform. So now, you know, you can just pull this up in a browser. It doesn't matter whether you're on, you know, an Apple device or, you know, any other device. Uh, you, you can pull this up. So, so this is interesting for me. Um, the challenge I have with this is, um, you know, how, how many people really, really, like, you know, are going to sit there and pull this up on their laptop, you know, and, and check out, you know, the map of the mall before I go to the mall. Like... Well, I'll tell you what I just did is I just pulled up the Twit Studios because they were the first ones that I knew. So this is Leo Laporte. Yeah. And uh, you can uh, walk through the studios I'm doing right now. I'm going to get rid of you, Asif, for a second. No offense. Um, but you can actually see inside, and this is a, an example of it. Uh, like right now we're sitting in the uh, Twit. I wish you could see it, man. We're sitting in the Twit kitchen, right, which is very cool to me. And, yeah. and um, so Twit is Leo Laporte and This Week in Tech and, and uh, his you know 347 shows that he does on a weekly basis. But this is a perfect example of what you can do with this technology. And if you think about it, you get, uh, yeah, uh, quite frankly, uh, it's like uh, I'd love it if they, if they went into and did the Louvre and, and, uh, and historical monuments and parliament. And, and, um, but because I'm not going to go to a mall a mall's website and or a mall's uh, walkthrough and, and plot my my route right yeah like for me that's no. not going to happen um you know nor, nor an airport no. for that matter uh you know you know museums and things sure i could so i can somewhat get that if i'm planning to go you know i'm taking the, or if the i'm not planning the museum or whatever i gotta figure out you know all that okay i can i can buy that um you know but the reality is is the real value of this kind of stuff is in app you know, on the mobile device yeah. while I'm going, not me planning it out beforehand uh, and kind of mapping this stuff out. So anyhow, great that they got 10,000 locations with floor plans now. Awesome. Love it. Um, you know, not so enthused about desktop, uh, you know, access. To yeah, it. I'm with you on it, but uh, I'm stuck now. I'm, I'm completely consumed by uh, the Twit Cottage or the Twit Studio. So I'm back. Don't worry. Just go to maps.google.com, type in a location, and you'll see whether or not on the, like if you just did a, a search right now for Twit Studio, you would find on the left-hand column a little photo that looked like the inside of Twit Studio. You click on that and it takes you inside of Twit Studio. So go and check it out if you haven't already. 
And that is it. Our five stories. Pretty cool. A diverse group of stories around this Black Friday. I love it. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite by far, is the Esquire story. I don't know about yours. What do you think? The sequel was yours. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that's one of the most significant, uh, you know, applications out there. Is you know, just you know, completely enabling a any page in any publication, the whole yes. page. So you out there, what was your favorite story? We'd love to hear from you. And if you have bought a pair of uh, of replay jeans and you're wearing them, let us know. Check in with a happy face for us, would you? Asif always curates the best, the top stories, the most relevant stories, and then we mash it into this five stories, top five. You try, anyways. All right. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Foursquare a little bit later in the funding area. Right, in fact, almost right after this episode. So I thought it would be really interesting to get a, you know, go back in time and pull up an interview that I did with Holger uh, Ludorf, who is the uh, VP Mobile and International for this little company called Foursquare. And uh, so keep this in mind as we sit down uh, in a few minutes and talk about Foursquare's funding, non-funding strategy or, or uh, challenge that they're under. So this is Holger um, from a clip from February of this year of 2012. Here's, here's Holger. In terms of your question regarding the monetization, the good news is we don't really feel the pressure right now to kind of force the monetization topic. We really want to build the best product. There's so many ideas and so many things that we still want to offer to the user um, that uh, you know we can probably launch over the, the, the coming months. Um, we certainly have some very good ideas about monetization and the team is working on that in the background, but we don't really feel the pressure right now to, to do this. And uh, you know, we will introduce these things when, when these, we feel these products are right and we feel the users are, are ready for it as well. I mean, and and uh, but you don't have an idea of that. It's just it's kind of a feeling that you guys are gonna gonna get. I mean, you're in a, in an odd spot because I mean, you've got patient funders, obviously, right? Yes, we have uh, the. The fortunate thing is that our investors are kind of on, on board with us. Uh, these are very, very experienced investors. They have invested in a number of other, uh, you know, startups in our space and in the, uh, you know, kind of adjacent spaces as well. And uh, they're just as patient as we are. The good news is we don't have any kind of hard timelines. There's no, you know, there's no pressure on us. We, we do this when this is, you know, organically right. And, um, you know, that's kind of all I can say about it. I love that. Organically right. But but there's got to be uh, you've got to in the back of your mind you're, you're thinking through this thing as you're as you're going so there's there's models that you you might achieve, but I mean do you just continue this until when thirty million fifty million users? You know again like we don't have these type of kind of long term targets. I mean as I said earlier I think you know nobody would have thought two years ago that we would be at you know fifty million plus users today. Um, you know, I don't think companies of our size and in our space that is so brand new can really plan, you know, 12, let alone 24 months out. No. Uh, you know, we, you know, have certain targets for the coming months. Um, but, um, you know, as I had said, when, the, when we feel the product is right and we feel the user is right, and by the way, and when we think the monetization aspect um, still actually drives a lot of value both for the users and the merchant, that's the point when we're going to introduce those things. Yeah, uh, and, and you know what, I, I, I'm of the firm belief, you know, I, I believe in monetization. I believe that, uh, you know, the worst thing that you can possibly do is get to 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 million users and, a, and, a, and an active and thriving uh, community inside of it. But then all of a sudden, try to turn on some revenue and them saying, oh, screw you, we're going to go somewhere else. Like, and nobody wanting to buy. Do you ever, do you guys ever worry about that? Or, uh, but to your point, you're focusing on finding that right mix so that it's going to be of value to the end, uh, to the end consumer. 
That's correct. Yeah, and I think we have a very, very engaged and highly enthusiastic and excited um, user base, right? We are a social network where you know, people are, are building social graphs of their best friends that they share this very personal aspect, uh, somebody's mm -hmm. private location, uh, you know, with their friends. And so, you know, I'm personally not worried that people will, you know, move away from the product only because we would introduce monetization sometime in the future. On the contrary, as I said, and as you said yourself, we will do these things um, uh, and they will never kind of break the user experience. Um, I guess the good news is that we have a ton of ideas around this topic and, uh, you know, we will, you know, we might have to try different things that, that might work, uh, but I'm sure we'll figure that out. Well, ba based on what you guys are doing, so you, I mean, you, you launch Explore on the web, you launch Explore on the, on the device, yeah, you launch Radar. Your product development is obviously about um, capturing some kind of trend or something that's happening. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, at, at certain thresholds, um, you've got enough you've got enough information in your databases to be able to uh, to offer value to me, which is, and then you add another tab basically in in the product that that uh, that complements the things that that I'm already doing with there. So. I check in at a at a at a hockey game or a ball game, and you tell me what's around. You tell me who's there. You tell me what their preferences are. And I think that that's, you know, it's incremental innovation that uh, that at some point you're gonna the light will go off and you'll be well. That's how we turn this into revenue. At some point, right? Right. Yeah. You know, that's probably one way to look at it. I think it's uh, the challenge here is to keep the product very very simple while adding on these different uh, type of features, yeah. uh, whether they are pure product features or the monetization features, you know, because uh, simply as you had just uh, said in the example, just adding tabs at the bottom is obviously not the solution because that's not a scalable model. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm always amazed that uh, the Dennis and the product team, you know, how they figure out to kind of keep the product simple, but at the same time, uh, you know, putting some of these new functionalities into the forefront. Um, that is really kind of the challenging, uh, the challenging aspect on the product side. Um, I guess the good news is that we have some very, very experienced um, people who've been thinking about these local problems for a long time uh, with Dennis at the helm, uh, kind of being the product visionary, but also people like Naveen and Alex Reinert, our head of product. You know, they've, they've all thought about these things. And, um, you know, I, I personally can just say, you know, being on the business side of the company that I feel, uh, you know, very, uh, very fortunate to have uh, such a product team on our side. Well, that is Holger. Uh, you know, as I said, that's a clip from February of uh, two thousand of, of twenty twelve. At that time, Foursquare had fifteen million users, and now they're up to twenty five million users. Uh, at, so they've gone through a little bit of growth, and and uh, I really appreciate uh, Holger sitting down then. Um, and uh, certainly, these guys have uh, the challenges, and I think that that's what we're going to get into right now with our first story of funding and the acquisitions. So. The first thing that we want to talk about is, is this isn't a funding story, is it, Asif? This is kind of a cautionary tale. It, it, it's a cautionary tale. It, it's, a, it's a challenge around funding. Uh, you know, Foursquare, a great, it, it's, a great, uh, it, it's a great app, first of all. I mean, it does a lot of, uh, of, of things. I use it all the time. Um, you, know, you know, there's a lot of features. It, it, it's pretty rich, Very actually, rich. in what it does. The challenge that Foursquare has is that, you know, it, it's... It's it, you know it was launched with great fanfare. It, it, you know they're, they're constantly they're trying to position it as the next Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever, but it's not that, and and uh, and it's it's going to have a tough time being that. And and so the you you can't take a Foursquare and try and 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 you know contrast it from a valuation perspective in the same category as as those other guys. Um, and, and that's unfortunately what they're trying to do. So, 
you know, they raised um, uh, 50 million bucks uh, previously um, on a 600 million dollar valuation in, in 2011, and now they're trying to raise uh, um, uh, an additional round uh, with a uh, 760 uh, valuation. So the valuation is up 160 million. Uh, as you alluded to, the, the user base is up about 10 million users from where it was back in February. Um, but the reality is, is they're only, you know, of the 25 million, only 8 million are using the app on a monthly basis. And revenue-wise, hmm. they're only generating 2 million bucks in revenue total. So, you know, and, and, and so the counter-argument will be, well, you know, we, you know, we, we only just started, you know, with our, our revenue-generating uh, uh, business. And, and so, you know, I, I, you know, I get that. You know, and I think they will, you know, that number will come up. But I don't think that number is going to go too high. I don't think it's going to rate, it, it's going to jump up too fast, you know, too quickly. No, no, it's and, not. Uh, and I think this valuation is tough. I, I think it's, it's a reality check, uh, you know, for them in the industry. And... There you go. So, anyways, yeah, uh, uh, a um, a thirty-eight, a three hundred and eighty times, no, yeah, three hundred eighty times revenue is not is not something that I think that you can value a company at. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. So, you know, I, I I'm mixed on 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 Facebook or on Foursquare's prospects. Uh, like I, I don't know whether this company can succeed. I I, I have an inclination that I don't think that it can. Um, it has nothing to do with whether or not I like the service. I think just from a business standpoint, I don't know if it's it's sustainable. I just I just don't know. We've seen all their competition kind of disappear and their growth slow, and now even the investors are looking at it saying eh, that's too high. It's too high a valuation. And uh, but I'm I'm the guy also that thinks Square is too high a valuation, right? For for what what they're doing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, I, I actually think that there there's still some opportunity here. I think Foursquare. You know, I, I don't agree with the valuations, but but I think you know the product is yep. solid. You know, I think there's there is some value there. It can be monetized, uh, but realistically, I think this is a company that will get uh, taken out. Uh, you know, sometime in the next yeah, month. and and I see that as well. And I think that the the challenge now is those investors are looking at it, saying seven hundred and sixty million dollar valuation. You know, I don't think that there's going to be an exit of that high at this point. So how are we going to get our return yeah. uh, on this investment? Now, to your point about comparing them to Twitter and Facebook, totally agree, totally agree. Like there is, there they are night and day. I mean, Twitter is over 200 million users. Facebook is a billion users. These guys have eight million active users uh, monthly. There, there should just no, there should be no comparison between these two services. No. Just none at all. No. This is a this this might be a feature of one of those companies, but this is just doesn't have the reach, doesn't have the addictive nature that uh, that Twitter and Facebook do. Anybody who compares these two and the growth curves that they're on, just just doesn't get this company. Just doesn't get the other one either. This is not a Facebook. This is not a Twitter. It's unfair to compare it. So I total agreement with you. And and for the for the revenue number, it's too early to judge. But uh, but the investment yeah. at the valuation too high right now. So I think that that's that's what we both agree on. And, and we don't want this company to go anywhere. We want them to adjust and and survive. We want them to. Yeah, well, yeah. I love it. I love I love these guys. Uh, you know, I, I hope they can sustain it. But uh, you know, time it is. Will so that's not a funding story. It's just an assessment, right? These guys are out there looking. It's very clear they're looking for fifty million dollars at a huge valuation, seven hundred sixty million dollar valuation, and uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that because eventually something will happen while they close around, and and it'll be interesting if it's an up round or a down round. But um, so that's that's Foursquare. What do you think, guys? Like. 
you know, we talk a lot, but we'd love your input on whether or not you think that we're we're on on the spot here or not. And and really, this is a uh, this is our industry. So have your voice heard. Whether you you reach out to us, you send us an email, you send us a uh, an audio clip that you want us to play, you comment where you found this story on some of our partners or on untether.tv or, or uh, thelbma.com, wherever it is, just please let let your voice be heard. So that's about Foursquare. All right, our, our, our All right. Uh, second story is really about an acquisition, and this this took me by surprise, really. Um, this uh, this Get Glue um, acquisition that that Viggle bought Get Glue for for a crazy amount of money, but but uh, I did we see this coming? Is this something that we would have predicted? You know, I I didn't see this this one coming. I mean, I you know I expected at some right, point some right. consolidation within the content check in uh, category. So this is, you know, for those not familiar with Get Glue or Regal, this is checking into TV shows while you're watching them and stuff like that. Um, you know, both are relatively young companies. Get Glue's been at it a bit longer than Viggle, actually, and now we have Viggle coming in and uh, acquiring Get Glue. Um, $25 million in cash, uh, $48.3 million shares in stock, um, total of $73 million, uh, you know, dollars in, in value. Um this is this is kind of crazy, and you know to kind of make it even worse uh, is uh, you know the Viggle can't even afford <laughs> to do this deal, um, so I'm not sure how this is happening because you know it, it actually only happens. Uh, it's really just a deal in paper right now because um, you know Viggle's out raising money, and so they've got to raise 60 million in debt financing in order to be able to actually close this deal. Otherwise, it's not going to happen at all. Viggle's so, a public company, but, but interesting that you know uh, the newer guy, the younger guy on the block is is, is trying to take out the big guy, and, and uh, you know the more established. Yeah, I mean, Getglue has three million users. Really Getglue has three million active users, right? And and I I guess yeah. they would be the pioneers and the leaders in the uh, in this kind of television or entertainment check-in space. Yeah, Viggle's got one point two yeah. million. So. But but the difference is that Viggle Viggle's a publicly traded company. Right, so so they have uh, they might have some liquidity there, and maybe maybe not liquidity, but they have some shares to play with. Uh, I suspect GetGlue's been trying to raise capital yeah. and hasn't been able to yeah. do so, and so you know, basically teaming up with Viggo gives them a public vehicle in which to do that. And it's so, a match. I think it's a match uh, made in heaven. These two companies are are perfectly suited together. Maybe that the the sum of the parts are greater than them individually. Yes, yeah. agreed. I I think it's actually a good deal if if they if if it can yeah. all happen. Um, you know, I, I think together it's a strong, it's a strong play. So, so. Viggle dot com, V I G G L E dot com. I don't think that I've heard of anything with like any integration. So, get glue is get glue dot com. So, uh, I I don't know what's going to happen when they when they jam it all together. But yeah, right now they're still operating in two different sites. Um, get glue and Viggle, get glue dot com, Viggle dot com. All right, our our last uh, funding story. This is actually a funding story. This company called Love This out of the UK closes uh, about one point what one point two five million euros. Yeah, so this is just a, a little seed round for this company. Um, you know, uh, Love This is a uh, they're, they're based in the UK, and uh, it, it's an app where you basically save and share recommendations. Um, you know, we've seen a bunch of these kinds of things before. Um, it's coming from. Um, uh, some good pedigree here. So the angel investors uh, include a guy named uh, uh, G. Ferrando, uh, who's a uh, former Facebook uh, marketing uh, uh, director uh, in Europe. And, um, you know, so, so there, there, there's some good people uh, involved in this. 
uh, Virgin uh, bo uh, Group uh, board directors and others. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been described, Love This has been described as the Evernote uh, for recommendations. That's a good. That's a good thing to be known. Simple yeah. as that. Evernote for recommendations. The Evernote for recommendations. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Anyways, one point two um, million. You know, this, it's a recommendation engine. There's a lot of these out there, um, and actually, quite a few of them are in the UK. So um, it seems to be a hotbed for recommendation yep. engines. Uh, but one point two five million euros. Well, that's very clear. Yeah. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about these guys, just go to www.lovethis.com. Great domain name. Lovethis.com. Um, yeah, and I, I'm going to assume that uh, you just sign in with Facebook, and then you're you're good to go. Yeah, and I and I do like that domain. I, I like a company where the name actually says what exactly. it does. Yeah, and it's uh, available on the iPhone right now. So that is it. Those are our three stories. Well, one a non-story. Foursquare looking for funding. Uh, Get Glue was acquired by Viggle, and of course, Love This uh, closes 1.25 million euros. If you if you were funded, if you had an announcement, if you got bought or are in the process of buying a company or are in the process of getting bought, um, if you're upgrading, if you're buying that lemonade stand on the corner, I don't care what it is, reach out. If it has anything to do with a location, please let us know about it. We'll put it in here. We'll put it right in there between. We'll, the Foursquare and Get Glue, your name could be right there if you wanted it to be. So please reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at the lbma.com. And I'll even give you my personal email address, Rob at untether.tv comes right here comes comes right here if you send me an email right now it would come in right here on my phone so please let us know your funding your exceptional story in funding and acquisitions please 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 all right one last piece asif and then we can close this black friday off This is our resource of the week. This is a pretty cool resource uh, that is available uh, at uh, thelbma.com forward slash resource. This is Accenture, the Accenture Interactive Survey. This is a big survey. Talk about the survey, then we'll talk about a few of the results, then we'll shut this show down. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I mean, you know, just kind of following with the whole Black Friday theme and shopping in general. So this is a survey about shopping and trends around shopping uh, and, and mobile and interactive and how it all comes together. And the key thing that I wanted to pull out of, out of this and why, why I pulled this resource out this week is um, there, there's a bunch of great data in here that, that says that shoppers prefer personalization over privacy. And we've talked a lot on this show about everybody having a price for their location data, uh, you know, and that willingness to share comes down to value and relevance. And now, you know, through this this study, there's actually some good data in here that backs up what we Rob and I've been talking about for you know 104 other episodes. Um, so, so I really like this. Uh, one of the key stats, and I'll let you talk about the other ones, Rob. But one of the key stats for me is it says 61% of people that they surveyed would trade increased privacy for personally relevant offers. So they would give up their privacy for personally relevant offers. 61%. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, well, you know, everybody, you know what, everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. So it just depends. It could be a free cup of coffee, a free latte, or it could be a discount on a television set. Whatever it means, everybody's got a price that at some point you're going to, you're going to reach that threshold. And, you know, surprisingly, I think that that number is, is fairly low because maybe those people who, the other 39% didn't know what the, the question was, right? They didn't understand the question. But I, you know, like some st some sobering retail statistics from this, and and without going into too much detail, because you can get the whole report 
um, at uh, the lbma.com forward slash research. But uh, they're saying that, that uh, you know, the majority of the people that are inside of the store are doing price comparisons. We know that. But it's something ridiculous, like only 20% buy in the store. The rest don't. Now, the rest can go home and buy from the website or they go off into another retailer. But t only 20% of the people that are actually in the store, Asif, buy from that store. So think about, right. think about that for a second. Just, just that one number. Here's, here's Joe Shopper or Jane Shopper getting into their car. Right? Oh, wait, wait. Take a step back. Getting a newspaper, watching TV, or listening to the radio, and hearing an ad that stimulates them to get in their car, drive, use gas, drive to that destination, get out of their car, walk those eight feet into the door, search for a product, price check that product, then 80% of them leave and buy it somewhere else. That's staggering. And if I'm a retailer right now, I might actually have just thrown up in my mouth. That's how bad it is right now. So <laughs> there's got to be, like, you've got to know these statistics. And if you are in retail, please go and take a look at these because it, it is. It, it's it's uh, it's not dire. You know what? If you're a retailer right now and you just, and you just and, and you're hearing those stats, you better get out the doctor exactly. CD and start listening to some of those tunes because you need it. You need that cocaine kitty <laughs> and that... Cover the Rolling Stone and everything else that goes on. I would just I would just open a bottle of Jack and just start drinking right now, right? And wait yeah. till this Holocaust is over. But it is absolutely, it is it is pretty bad out there. So uh, for for me, um, this is uh, this is a pretty cool uh, a pretty cool uh, report, and uh, I would definitely take a look at it. Thelbma.com forward slash research. Please go, go, right now. We can wait. No, we can't. I'm just joking. That's it. Episode number 105 in the can. We will check back with Asif after his successful launch of the augmented or his successful augmented reality event uh, with uh, with who is it? Blipper and uh, who else is down there? And Gold Run. Uh, should be very interesting, especially because if uh, I want to see if you can videotape some of the stuff that you're doing with that magazine and Blipper. I'd love to see how that works out. Um, but we'll, we'll follow up with Asif on that. We'll also uh, certainly dig around and see how location had an impact on Black Friday, which is today. And, of course, five more awesome stories from around the world. We're going to bring you a great interview with a, a product or a service or a company or, or a personality that we're going to fill in here. We're also going to show you some funny news again and, of course, another resource of the week. That's what we do every single week. 105 weeks done. Done. So until then, Asif, do you have anything else to say? I think I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready to call it a, a Black Friday uh, over Very ahead. good. All right, folks. Thanks for watching wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Appreciate it. We really appreciate you bring us into, uh, we bring, you bring us into your day. Please leave some feedback if you have anything nice to say or bad to say. I don't care. Just bring it on tether at gmail.com or see that at the LBMA. We'll see you next week for episode number 106.